0: Welcome to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. My name is Nick. Today we will be discussing episode six of the show titled The Adversary. And while we will not be discussing the next time on preview at the end of the show, we will be spoiling everything through episode six of the series. So please pause and go catch up if you're not current with the show. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also westworldfm on Twitter, and you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. Uh, once again, a shout-out to our friend Alan for, for uh, making us some awesome theme music. Uh, you can catch some of his work at um, So. Thank you Alan. Yes. Uh, we have a lot of feedback to get through in this particular episode here, um, some of which uh, is good, some of which is uh, not super good but still not bad. Um, so we had uh, some feedback from our friend Quinn who wrote in on Twitter Quinn uh, 22k Quinn. love the podcast, but you guys are too fixated on the timeline stuff. no biggie if the storyline is a flashback or forward. Uh, yeah, I think we commented in the, in the last, uh, episode about how we (laughs) didn't want to take that, that, uh, tangent line that we did in the middle of the show. Uh, but hopefully we're going to try and keep things more succinct during the show in terms of, uh, speculation and then hopefully cordon it off in a speculation corner. If you guys do want to, a speculation station, if you will, if you guys would like to, uh, to hear that kind of stuff or you can turn it off if you don't. That's but, true. Uh, yeah so we didn't want to we didn't want to fall through that rabbit hole but we did uh, Daryl wrote in uh, Daisy chaotix on Twitter have you seen or reworked out that uh, Bernard Lowe is an anagram of Arnold Weber coincidence question mark and uh, we talked a little bit about it on Twitter but what what were your thoughts on it Nick I had seen it previously and kind of wrote it off
1: I hadn't seen it I kind of assumed that it was i just didn't even bother to do the work because <laughs> kind of like uh like this whole supposed or potential evidence for a timeline theory i think it's something that jonathan and nolan and lisa joy put in regardless and said this will either this is either part of a reality or it's just gonna send it's gonna make them think into a direction that they don't necessarily need to go
0: i think it's super cutesy so i'm kind of like mm. Like I just feel like it's too like
1: it's a little too on the nose.
0: Yeah, I made you in the image of Arnold, so now you're Bernard. You you were Arnold Weber, so now you're Bernard Lowe Like I I just it's, it's like Harry Potter, Tom Riddle, Voldemort. Oh yeah, BS yeah, going yeah. on. It's yeah. like
1: I see that blew my mind when <laughs> I was like ten though.
0: Yeah, and that's true. <laughs> but it feels really cutesy and like just uh, kind of childish to me. I don't know.
1: I I it's it's a little it's a little on the nose. Yeah, I will yeah. I will agree. Uh, from what we've heard from, from other listeners that we'll talk to shortly, though, there are a lot of people that don't know these characters' names. So yes. <laughs> it may catch a lot of people off guard. That's, that's I didn't know Arnold's true. last name was Weber.
0: We, just we, don't, we don't know that. That's the thing. That is that. That theory is supposing that Arnold's last name is Weber. Oh, I see. So I we see. don't. It may not be Weber. Okay, I was gonna. It, say. People are just like, well, if we anagram it around, yeah, yeah. These sure. are the letters left over. What? That's funny. Maybe his last name is Rebu. Yeah. I,
1: could.
0: <laughs> just, I really hope so. Arnold Rebu.
1: He. Uh... He's French. <laughs> Uh, just the names Arnold and Bernard, I thought, they just have, they kind of roll off the Bernard tongue Arnold. for me similarly. Yeah, I think we even said that on an episode. So yeah. I, I kind of figured, I was like, there's probably something involved in these names.
0: But. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Daryl, we don't uh, we don't completely think it isn't true, but it might be, maybe. Who That's knows? funny. Well, <laughs> if currently his last name is not Weber, then
1: no, I'm... I'm we don't I'm, know. I'm not really... We just don't know. No, it's interesting. Arnold, who and what... Arnold is and his identity and all that is is one of the that is almost more interesting to me than this whole maze yep stuff so we'll get to that we will we've talked about it before but we'll keep talking about it anyway yes
0: uh Quinn once again wrote in along with uh Alan who who made our theme song uh they both uh, mentioned the uh uh the appearance of the gunslinger from the movie in the background shot of uh this episode oh yeah also with the musical cue uh, did you listen did you end up seeing that anywhere because the the there's a cue in the music for in the episode that very much is a cue straight out of the score from the first i didn't catch the, the musical
1: movie. cue i saw i saw him in the background but
0: yeah i didn't catch the musical cue when i watched it but then i saw somebody on reddit po- and they posted a link and okay. then i watched them both and that's it's, super cool it's absolutely it's spot on it's for sure intentional and it's very cool <laughs> um so thank you guys for writing in for that
1: so this is the this is the timeline from the original movie then, right? Oh, confirmed. Confirmed. Yes. Absolutely. Con- confirmed. Yes.
0: In terms of ridiculous speculation. Yeah. We're that jo- one is we're no joking. longer ridiculous. We don't think. that's um, true. Uh, Carrie wrote in on Twitter. Uh, Carrie did something that I asked people to do. She tweeted at iTunes podcast to put us in the Westworld fans collection uh, on iTunes. And uh, we are not in there yet. But if you guys keep tweeting, maybe we will get in there.
1: Yeah, and we deserve to be there, I think. I think so too. I've listened to several of the other podcasts that are in there. We deserve to be in
0: there. (laughs) Yes. So please, at iTunes Podcast is the Twitter account. If you have one, please tweet at them and let them know that at WestworldFM should be in that collection. Uh, And then we've got a few bigger emails here. Let's go through Katrine's Twitter email or Twitter message that she sent me. She said. Hey, guys, what's up? I have to agree with your enthusiasm for Ford and old Bill. I love those scenes. Thank you. We love you, Katrine. We do. Um, I love the dialogue in the show. Anthony Hopkins and Bill in the basement is so enjoyable to watch. Uh, Hopkins' story about the old dog finally catching the, the cat just felt great, and Bill's odd way of moving. It freaks me out so well, but it's so well done. He looks so animatronic, and she said that she read up on how the filmmakers did it. Katrine, send us the article, unless it's not in English. Because then we can't read it. But if it is, please send it our way and then we can put it in the show notes. Uh, she said, Ed Harris's line about your humanity makes you cost effective. It makes no sense. That's uh, such a sophisticated technology that makes near life like robots. It should be cheaper than what Bill probably looks like inside. However, I listened to your newest podcast and I'll, and find the pod, uh, the explanation that Nick gave about expensive machinery versus digital machines. Okay, and explainable, But still, the phrase was awesome. And uh, I don't think I've ever cheered so much at actors delivering lines. Uh, Logan getting punched in the face was very, or getting punched was very nice. I, she said, I really dislike this character. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she said, for some reason I have really strong feelings about the man in black. It's both negative and positive feelings. I can't take the fact that he might have assaulted Dolores so many times, yet I also find that they did in fact humanize him or at least give him more depth in this episode. This is episode five she's talking about, Contrapasso uh, through his conversation with Ford about the pursuit of purpose. Logan to me doesn't have the capabilities of having that kind of depth. He says somewhere in the episode that he provokes William into a, sh- a scuffle that, Oh yeah, that hardworking you did all your life or something along those lines. This line combined with the fact that Logan seems to have a position above William in their corporation or foundation actually led me to believe that Logan is one of those entitled rich pricks who had everything inherited, inherited and handed to him while William worked his way up to his level. Uh, would be a known trope, I think, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We're still on the fence about the William and Logan thing, and we're not even going to talk about that this episode, probably. Uh, And she said, also, I took the Orgy Temple brothel over the top golden prostitutes as a nod to the 73 Westworld film where they allude to the existence of the other parks like the Roman world. I remember the lady in the opening scene of the original film. She was excited to go visit the debauchery of the Roman world. Uh, the scene had a very Caligula type feel to uh, which I think came out around the same time as Westworld film in the 70s I didn't really read it more into it than that Uh, another fun fact about the scene they filmed it uh, in an actual mausoleum she said that just gives me an even more of a crazy vibe knowing it was shot in a cemetery WTF Nolans Uh, love your episodes keep them coming your discussions are very eye opening thank you Katrine thank you yeah she has a lot of good thoughts in there um but yeah, I think the William Logan thing, maybe we'll have to revisit this once we get a little more context in the next episode.
1: Yes. Yeah, there's not much more evidence there in this episode. For yeah. This week. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, I think I still think if that theory holds water that it could it could potentially be either of them. So uh, or and neither then, of them, maybe or maybe neither maybe of them will roll up. We don't. know. Yeah. Uh, Jameson wrote in and uh, had some thoughts on Westworld. He says, if we are in two timelines, I feel the only way to end the season is one of tragedy. Dolores might be making a lot of progress towards discovering the maze with William, and if he is the man in black, that means it has been 30 years of him trying to break her out or find the maze. That sucks. I can't figure out if Maeve and her awakening is part of the modern timeline or earlier. Uh, yeah. I think I think we kind of learn in this episode that Maeve is in the present timeline, yep. but we'll discuss that more. Uh, if it is, or Is it possible that the park... In responding to an individual's desire for adventure, has actually created a version of this for someone like William, who takes the part so s- park so seriously. He's had a or de- hu- er, he's had a humanizing response to the hosts and people alike. Basically, having passed the Turing test in most in the most real way, so perhaps he unlocked this deeper loop within Co- Dolores' character. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, that's cool. It's uh, th- I think it's kind of a combination of those things. Maybe Arnold is turning or something about Dolores is being awoken at that point in time potentially. And, and William is kind of interacting it and building like helping her build out upon it, I think. But I don't know. We don't know. (laughs) We don't. Uh, Jameson goes on to say, I believe Ford doesn't know anything about the maze or rather maybe he knows it exists, but he needs the obsessed mind of the man in black to be able to locate it. And that's why quote unquote, that man can do whatever he wants. I'm also thinking Ford probably murdered Arnold. Um, more on that in a little bit. That's interesting. I really like that,
1: that thought that Ford is going to let the Man in Black run wild because he thinks he can lead him to where he needs to go. Or
0: The scene in this week where Ford sees the, the symbol on the table and then goes and looks it up and presumably one of Arnold's old yeah. notebooks makes me think that he doesn't know about the maze.
1: Or he knows about it, but doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, doesn't know any of the details that the man. So applied. he's
0: using him as a tool to weed out whatever's going in there. That that's very compelling and interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. I hadn't thought about that. That's really cool. Good, good thought.
0: Yes, and then uh, finally, Jameson says, "I'm also moderately intrigued by the idea that the Wyatt backstory doesn't have anything to do with the quote new narrative Ford is putting together." What would the terraformers be doing if they are just going to build a town? I'm hoping this is something much larger, like a new theme in the park altogether outside of the Western theme, or, since the footers state Adela's destination on the Westworld site, does this imply there are indeed other parks? Yeah, I don't feel like they would build, like, a Roman world inside Westworld.
1: No, I don't think so, and we, we have a little more context in this week's episode uh, in terms of the scale of what he's making. And yeah. There's, well, we'll talk about that.
0: Yep. Yeah, so thank you, Jameson, for writing in. Thanks, Jameson. And then, uh, finally, we've got a very, uh, another email from uh, our friend Gordon. Uh, Hi, guys. Hope you're doing all right in the pre-election fever. (laughs) Holding it together, Gordon. That's all I can say. (laughs) We're almost there. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to talk about something weird happening in my relationship with Westworld. I think Alex described it in one of the past episodes as, quote, the end of the honeymoon period. Uh, And it's mainly summarized in this paragraph by HitFix's Alan Sepinwall. We'll put the link in the show notes if you guys would like to read the full review. But this is in his um, review of Dissonance Theory. He says, quote, this is all interesting, particularly if you enjoy viewing shows like this in the same way that the man in black views the park as a puzzle to be solved more than a story to be experienced. But I tend to want more out of my dramas, and part of why I found earlier installments frustrating was that they rarely seemed to transcend the puzzle of it all, end quote. Gordon goes on to say, I really want to love the show, but I'm starting to have a big problem with it. If I watch it as a puzzle to be solved, it is fascinating to try to guess the motivation slash endgames of different characters, looking for obscure clues and trying to fit everything in my head, but I feel like I'm trying to solve a jigsaw puzzle and I don't care about what the underlying picture is. I just don't care about most of the characters, and there is barely any stakes stakes in the game. I know that whatever happens to the hosts, they will be fixed and rebooted. I know that nothing can happen to the visitors yet, and that the park storylines we are required to invest in are just that, park storylines for now. It seems that the showrunners are trying to build so many mysteries on top of each other that they sacrifice characters as the viewers are required to primarily track the mysteries and look for clues. I'm going to stop there in Gordon's email. Um, Gordon, I think I, I see what you're getting at. But for me, the thing that's keeping me in love with the show is it doesn't it doesn't feel to me like it's extremely character driven. As you say, these hosts are very much like essentially rebootable and very disposable and they serve the purpose of the story of not only the park, but also the show. But the more compelling stuff to me is the looking at the themes, the thematic material of like, what does it mean to be human? We get Maeve's moment with Felix in this week's episode of like, what makes you different from me? That is just such a, it feels like a very tangible yet unreachable thing that you can really talk about and chew on and discuss. And that's, I like this show for its bigger ideas. Very much so. And I think slash hope we are going to get to a point where there are stakes in the park. There's definitely stakes if a malfunction goes on and these hosts can start killing guests and workers.
1: Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, uh, I agree that there was a lot. Did Gordon Gordon set this email prior to this week's episode? No, I
0: think he sent it after the episode. He sent it earlier today. Okay. But I don't know if he has seen this week's episode. Just wondering,
1: because the uh, like you mentioned, the scene between Maeve and Felix was one I took a lot of notes on. And that that's kind of the scene that I've been waiting for yeah. this whole time. And I think that that's something that the show is going to continue to focus on. I think introducing that character, Felix was only introduced last week, right? In episode. Um, five? I think he
0: was also in that first episode where Maeve wakes up, but we don't really like spend time. He's not with a character them. yet. Yeah. He's just a guy. We don't that, know his yeah. name. Yeah, for he's sure. just a guy.
1: Yep. Uh, I think that the show should continue to to build upon that theme because I think that's that's primarily what's most interesting to me is blurring that line and making us feel f- related to both parties, both yeah. human and host. Uh, the Right now we I kind of go back and forth between them and I think I do care about all the characters in the show but not in the sense that I am emotionally attached to all of them necessarily or I empathize with them but I think that they are well rounded enough characters that I want to see what happens to them f- yeah. for better or for worse. I think that they're all rel- well written enough, uh, cast well, uh, performed very well that I, I I appreciate I appreciate them the way I appreciate like a sculpture. I yeah. think this is well developed and well-made and it's pleasing to look at and in experience and i want to see what happens to it mm-hmm. in a way they're i guess all the characters are just as robotic in it kind of in a way in that i i don't necessarily feel an emotional attachment to many of them yeah but i want to see what happens to them i want to see how the story plays out i want to see how they're affected who ends up with a good ending or a bad ending i do think that especially after this week's episode we are heading for a bloodbath or something yeah. something very dark is mm-hmm. coming And I think that it's really exciting. And I'm at that point now in the season, uh, both in terms of episode count and content, that I'm wondering, where does it go from here? I'm already already staring down the road, four exits ahead on the expressway and saying, what's up there?
0: Yeah. What the hell is season two of Westworld? Right. I don't... It doesn't make any sense to me that they could even go on this season because I feel like the things that they're grappling with are already huge so yeah. and and, I, and it feels like they cannot put off answers much longer i don't envy the task ahead of them yeah. like they've
1: got to keep us in the loop and and or i'm i'm sorry on the hook to want to come back for season two but they have to answer a lot of stuff they have to set they have to resolve a lot of the conflicts that have been going on this entire season and yet we need we do need more yeah uh, i think that it's going to be i can't Part of the reason I love the show so much is also because is I, I, it's it's as simple as I can't wait to see what happens next because I want to know how the season ends. Yeah. I may very well want to walk away from the show at the end of season one. Yeah. That's totally possible. But for now, I want to see what happens in the next four episodes. I want to see where it leaves things, what it sets up for season two, what season two is even going to be. Somebody floated the idea. Uh, I don't remember if I, if we were talking about it or if somebody wrote in about it or they, it was brought up on, a, on an inferior podcast, but they said something <laughs> about season two being entirely like, roman world and i was like no no yeah flush that idea away it must have been another show <laughs> <laughs> i was like there's no there's no way i want to watch that i don't want to set up a whole new cast of characters and a whole new yeah because at, at that point it becomes it becomes kind of an anthology almost yeah and i'm not sure i have the patience for that because you've already you've We've already developed yeah and you've already built all these cool characters in this cool world and this this cool setting not to overuse the word cool i know it's a big word but <laughs> it's I'm in. I'm in for the long haul with this, as long yeah. as you can keep it compelling. Yep. So yeah, I I, I understand what Gordon is saying. I, I read the I read his email and the articles linked as well, and the uh, comparison to Lost is a scary thing. It's a very yeah. It's lem- a very, let me raises let me, a lot of conflicting feelings.
0: Let me read what what he says here because I did uh, I stopped before that. Um, this is the Westworld feedback podcast By the way yeah, yes. We're not talking about the episode <laughs> uh, Gordon, Gordon Gordon, I, I should have read this one more line Before I stop Case in point and a reason why I liked <laughs> yesterday's episode The most far so the most so far Maeve's storyline which IMO is the best in the show it is not convoluted it's linear it's detached from the big mysteries and it's really engaging and gripping tv yep so Gordon has watched this 100 percent and I I read
1: that earlier when you when you sent this to me Alex and I I remember thinking the exact same thing The, the episode ended when I was watching it last night and I thought this was probably the most satisfying episode because it was linear for the most part yeah and not to say that we necessarily believe or subscribe to the theory that there's two timelines but they they're clearly two different stories they're two yeah. big main different mm-hmm. stories and whether they intersect or not later doesn't matter i f- i found the lack of jumping back and forth between like locales in a way yeah. kind of refreshing and i liked that we stuck with maybe just cuz it was fewer characters it was few less a little it just felt like there was less going on and as a result they could breathe a little yeah. and the writing could could flourish a little bit and it was just really good and yeah. I, I remember thinking the exact same thing that I was like the Maeve storyline it felt like we had a complete story in an episode we had a we had a beginning a middle and an end in an episode with one character and that was really nice yeah it wasn't just like thread 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 yep so thank you Gordon That that sentence alone hits it right in the head I was thinking the exact same thing
0: yes uh, and then Gordon goes on to say I've seen this show compared to Lost in many different reviews, perhaps best summarized in Vulture's eight ways Westworld is the new Lost article, I'll link to it in our show notes. And Gordon says and I get super pissed because as many other shows before it, it seems to try to follow in Lost blueprint but misses the point as Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse said time and time again, Lost was ultimately about the characters not the mystery. This show seems to be the other way around. Lost did an incredibly smart thing by adding really little mystery in the beginning, the polar bear, smoke monster, what is the island, and making sure that people are invested in the characters. I'm quite positive that by episode six of Lost, casual viewers could name most of the characters. In comparison, I listen to two podcasts and read a few articles about Westworld per week, and I still don't know at least half of the main characters' names. Uh, he said, I hope the hiatus and, uh, the showrunners took uh, was to address these concerns. Rather than to add more mystery and elements in the whole world, I will continue watching the show for now, but with far less enthusiasm after the first couple of episodes. Sorry for the long mail, but I felt the need to rant. I uh, hope you get the time to talk about these points on your podcast. We're making the time, Gordon.
1: Right now we are.
0: So you've seen a lot more lost than I have. I have seen all the lost. Yes, uh, all is lost. and also very good (laughs) uh so so what do you what are your thoughts about the lost comparison and does it make you worried or how do you feel about it
1: remember when we used to review movies alex
0: i do remember that gordon remembers gordon does pepperidge farm remembers
1: (laughs) i think to his to his point about lost it was clever with lost because none of the characters knew each other so they all had to call each other by their names, or they yeah. had to be introduced at some point. So we did get that built-in mechanic of people using each other's names. Yeah, because that's overuse of characters calling each other by their name feels stiff and unnatural. I, actually, yeah. I just read a script this this past week, uh, and it was so bad because all the characters in almost every bit of dialogue they had, they were using each other's names. But and John, I, exactly. <laughs> actually, and. and <laughs> It's funny, because just a second ago, I said, remember we used to m- review movies, Alex? <laughs> 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 yeah. But didn't it, it was a natural, right?
0: It, I mean, no. I mean, it, it, you Whatever. used we it to punctuate silly. a point. Yeah, yeah. You're Making a point. Which is not what people do when they bring up each other's names in most normal yeah. conversations. So
1: I think that uh, I understand what he's saying. And, and there are a lot of characters that I only know their names because either I was watching the episode with subtitles for some reason or because you and i have talked about it or i've I've yeah. done reading about it and generally that's just something i do when i'm watching a show uh, or a movie i usually have imdb pulled up on my phone and if i want to check something like who an actor is what else i know them from yeah what their name is the the character that sort of thing I, I always have it on on call so that that is a good point though i mean it can you can get lost and there's a lot of characters on this show and i i used to i have the hardest time for some reason remembering clementine's name yeah i was like well, who, who's that <laughs> i know i know who she is but who is she and i was like, "Clementine, that's right yeah and uh i understand what he's coming from but the com- comparisons to lost feel natural mm-hmm. and they're also they're they're a little alarming in a way because i'm kind of like well season one of lost still remains probably one of my favorite seasons of drama tv ever it's so good part of the reason is for exactly what gordon pointed out it had interesting mysteries they were small enough to to be able to digest and and speculate on the mysteries in Westworld are so big yeah they're so big and and there's so many different ways they could go that in a way it's almost kind of futile to even think about it and that's why we even joked on last week's episode we're like we're not going to think about it like we're not we're straight up not even going to think about it because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and uh, i'm trying to remember what the big thing was that happened at the end of last week and we were like not going to think about it doesn't matter don't know yet can't talk about it and i don't remember what it was but it was something we both instantly were like whoa oh well yeah anyway uh, <laughs> Lost, they were, they were small enough. You're like, wow, there's a polar bear running around. What's that doing here? Mm-hmm. Where'd that come from? And you had your own, people started coming with fun theories. That's a small mystery, and there were bigger mysteries too. But Lost had, like you said, had great characters. The, they were they were identifiable. They were different. They all had struggles. And a lot of the characters in this, we are almost in a way designed to not become connected to them because they get wiped all the time. They yeah. get hosts. And yep. now we're at the point where we are starting to care about Maeve or starting to fear Maeve, whichever end of the spectrum you subscribe to <laughs> yeah i think that time will tell yeah. whether it goes about i've lost or not i'm kind of i don't want to say i'm an, an, an apologist of lost throughout but i the only season i didn't really like was three yeah and uh i'm in the minority i think that like season five a lot and season six was just kind of whatever but anyway we don't need to talk about lost anymore i understand what you're saying gordon i still think alex you've never watched any lost have you
0: no i've seen like little bits and pieces because my mom used to watch it but i I've it's never worth, watched any of it myself. It's worth watching. Yeah, sure. I've you. I know. I know that you and Willie are huge fans. Willie has always wanted me to try to watch Lost. Um, Willie so. and I threw
1: a Lost viewing party. Yeah, I remember season, season series finale. Yeah, right yeah, it was a lot of fun. Gojo was uh, Gojo dressed as Locke, and yeah. it was a spot on costume. Even though he did, he watch any of the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. He had seen. He hadn't seen all of it. Okay. he had seen enough to know he liked Locke a lot and, right. uh, <laughs> and enjoyed the show. He I has, remember seeing I, the shot of Gojo with the orange, the orange in his peel mouth. in his mouth. Yes. Yeah, and the scar he painted on yep. his eye and everything. Yeah, it yeah. was amazing. The uh, I think he has since watched all of it because okay. it's on. It was on Netflix for yeah. a long time. But anyway, uh, yeah, Gordon, keep uh, keep us posted. I really like that you don't like it.
0: <laughs> kind of yeah, he's he's <laughs> falling out of the honeymoon honeymoon phase, and now the I, show, I like that
1: you're still still intrigued enough to keep watching it, but I yeah. like that there's somebody who's a little dissatisfied because I I. I understand and in a way I kinda of feel the same way, but I'm I'm think I'm a little more invested in like you said, Alex. I'm really into the the themes and the yeah. stuff that it's talking about. It's sure.
0: striking those notes right for me to keep investing in. Yes. It. So. All right. We should actually get to the episode recap, which I'm gonna do in a little bit of different style this week. I want you guys, the listeners, to let us know if you like it or not. We can go back to the old style if you prefer. But this time around I'm going to try and follow a full storyline. And then move on to the next the old one. old style. Yes. You fight
1: well in the old style. <laughs> if you know what movie that's from, write in.
0: I don't know what movie that's from. You fight well in the old style. <laughs> uh, is Michael Wincott in it? No? Okay. Uh, no. Could have been. <laughs> so, let's start with... Uh, let's go with The Man in Black and Teddy. So, they're riding through the Valley of Graves on their way to Pariah. Okay,
1: wait, oh, can you explain the new style?
0: New style. We're going to be taking... Uh, a character or set of characters and following their full storyline through to the end of the episode. That way I can cut down on the misinformation and, and, and uh, the misdirects that the show shoves your way and hopefully just get straight to the point of it. Cool. So I'm in Man of Black and Teddy trying to find their way to Wyatt. They can't get through Pariah because there's a big military presence. However, Teddy knows of a little tunnel uh, and they go to the tunnel. They end up getting captured. But they end up breaking out. So, details to focus on. Um, Teddy tells a story about the maze. Yes. Yeah, so he hears the maze is an old native myth. Uh, It's the sum of a man's life, choices he makes, the dreams he hangs on to. And there at the center is there's a legendary man who has been killed over and over again, countless times, but always clawed his way back to life. The man returned for the last time and vanquished all his oppressors in a tireless fury. Built a house around that house. He built a maze so complicated only he could navigate through it. I reckon he had seen enough fighting. Thoughts on that? You're can't, still you you're can't. still kind of like, I'd, let's find out what the maze is when we get there, right? Well, I feel the, like ma- the maze is
1: kind of being bounced back and forth as like a theoretical thing or a physical construct. Yeah. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, one can't help but think of teddy when he talks about a man who died endlessly yeah it's been well documented that teddy is like the punching bag of westworld and he just keeps getting killed
0: yeah although somebody on reddit noted that his kill death ratio has evened out this episode yes he's
1: back to one (laughs) yeah i read that too i I don't know it sounds like he's gone through probably like 25 years of just constant murder (laughs) being being murdered yeah so we'll uh we'll see there, there was an implication in, I think, the pilot or maybe episode two that Teddy is like somewhat of a known gunslinger, whether yeah. it was just an approximation that uh, Maeve makes upon seeing him or if that's part of Teddy's backstory.
0: Yeah, well, and he seems to be very effective with a gun. Teddy knows how to shoot people. Absolutely. The I, The scene of him fighting back at Wyatt's men as they're all like covered in the dark and he's he fe- the the way that James Marsden shoots that gun and fans the 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 hammer it feels extremely supernaturally gifted to me so i think it, it like i think the gunslinger thing fits him
1: something definitely woke up in him after the conversation with ford and uh yeah the he's always been a little i don't want to say passive but he's been more of like a just a like a, a ranch hand kind of with a gun and a and a smile and that sort of thing and now he's more of like he's a little more cold blooded and we do see in the in his flashback he realizes he was slaughtering people with
0: Wyatt with Wyatt yeah yeah absolutely which is really
1: interesting I like that we're getting Teddy's not he's no longer just like the Zoolander of Westworld he's <laughs> he's,
0: he's not that clean and shiny right. cowboy yeah. he's got some depth to him which yeah. is which is nice and
1: the man in black even kind of said. Yeah, he has that line. You got a little more you know vinegar someone.
0: in your step is the is the one line that I liked a lot yeah. that you referenced to earlier. But then, yeah. the Just d- when you think you know a guy and he's yep. like, you don't know me at all or something yep. like
1: that. I was like, ah, this is cool. Teddy, Teddy feels like he has reached the point now where his improvisation is taking off. He feels less scripted. Yeah. Like before, he felt like he was on rails all the time.
0: Well, and he's surprising the man in black who knows Teddy well.
1: That's true. And I think probably a big part of it is because Dolores is off her loop. Yep. And uh, she is kind of his constant that keeps him on on rails all through Sweetwater and uh, and the ranch and stuff. Yep. And also uh, the the reaction that talking about Dolores elicits out of the man of black is really interesting. It's rem- very reminiscent of William in a way that she ignites something in him. That in a way that other people aren't affected by like other people be like, oh, wow, she's really pretty or like, oh, that girl's really friendly or she's got a cool horse and look, she's painting.
0: But but it it kind of removes that game playing element from the man in black and getting lost in the story a little bit as he as we're seeing William do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And Teddy's very Teddy's different now. And I like it, I like yeah. it a lot because totally. I, I was really stoked by the inclusion of James Marsden in the cast. <laughs> yeah. We love James Marsden. Yep and uh in the pilot we're like oh cool and then he kind of just he was relegated to the sideline or just like being shot in in every episode for the yeah. last like four or five and now that he's back in the swing is really really cool yeah
0: they're, uh, they're a fun they're a fun tandem too absolutely. They're, a, they're a good odd couple absolutely um any other thoughts about them i like the uh, i like the the gatling gun scene uh lots yeah. of explosions that was one that of my notes
1: james marsden Gatling gun yes. i'm waiting for the gifs of it of him shooting up votes <laughs> and that sort of thing you were thinking it right when i started <laughs> so saying it yeah literally. or down we'll yeah say, either you know, way it could be either, either way yeah it's uh it, it works for many on many levels it's uh it's exciting i like that the man in black has enough charisma to spare where he he can be with Lawrence, and it's fun to watch. He can be with Teddy, and it's fun to watch. Like He plays opposite people really, really well. Yeah, well, it's Ed Harris. It is Ed Harris, you know, <laughs> like we said. Yep. If you can accelerate to Ed Harris level, <laughs> you're doing something right.
0: All right, anything else on Teddy and Man in Black? Nope, I this is very satisfying. Yes. So uh, let's cut over to Ford. I think we're going to go with Ford next. Uh, we find out that Ford is building a canyon that was going to destroy the Mexican town. Um, but he decides not to do it when he kind of sees that it was going to do that. Um, so Ford recognizes that symbol or sees that symbol of the maze. Uh, so that's something that we can discuss. Um, and then we end up following Bernard to Sector 17 where he found out there were five undocumented hosts. And he discovers that there's a replica of Ford's family there.
1: Kind of looping in Bernard into this. Yep. As well, yep
0: because uh, I feel like that falls under the Ford category more. We get Ford going to play uh, catch with Jock and the younger version of himself, but then uh, we find out that young Ford killed Jock, and uh, there's some dark tones there. I called that section of my notes Ford v. Ford on Jock. <laughs> so um, major points to hit here. We already touched on it a little bit. He sees that maze symbol, and I feel like, to me, it triggers something in his mind of, like, I feel like I've seen that before. Yeah. And then he goes back to, presumably, Arnold's.
1: <laughs> it's funny, because Ford is clearly a very brilliant man. Yeah. And, like, the symbol's a maze, dude. Like, it's a maze. Yeah. There's a little man in the middle.
0: like. Well, I don't necessarily think that he's mystified by that. No, I, I mean,
1: it's it's... It, I I agree with what you're saying that it seems like he's kind of like uh, I think I've seen that at Arnold's journal but it's funny to think that people are always talking about this maze and if he never made the connection that <laughs> that symbol is related to the maze like that's See, kind of See but that's
0: kind of the suggestions that maybe he's unaware of uh, he might make he might connect the dots and be like oh that's the maze but I don't know that he necessarily knows that it's being represented by that symbol like, we find out later on that there there are maybe several hosts that are following this bicameral bo- broadcast in the park. Yeah. It's like maybe there are people that are going and putting the symbol in places as, as we keep like a, seeing it like popping up or something? as, like, triggers and kind of things to lead people along. I don't know. Like a
1: cypher. Kind of like in that episode of Sherlock. There's uh, people leaving symbols around. They mean yes. nothing to, to some people, but then there are a certain yep. sort of
0: trigger. Or, like, hobo signals. There you go. You know. You can sleep here, and the cops won't bother you. That kind of thing. Also, no, in that Sherlock I episode, I think. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, the little Ford we called it from the start. Yeah, little Ford we definitely called.
1: It seemed very apparent. It did, and uh, I'm glad that it came to pass. I think that's really, that's really cool. I'm glad also that it was they were made by Arnold and not by him. Yeah. that's interesting. There's a real, there's a really that steth- death- that. That was a great scene. I yeah. Thought I really lo- every scene with Ford seems to consistently be my favorite of the episode. I think mm-hmm. if I go back and, and it, part of it is just how good Anthony Hopkins is. Yeah. And the writing is always top notch. And I think that maybe there's just something about that character's. Uh,
0: I think being his, being so rooted in nostalgia. I think it's really nostalgia connects, definitely because yeah. you are you tend to be a very nostalgic person. Yes. Yeah, so, so I, I can totally of, see.
1: I get a lot of attachment to, to objects and to memories and things past even when they're not good memories necessarily and i like that that he it's part of also the reason i love mementos so much is i really value memory yep. and sometimes that can be conveyed through objects and i think that's really special and i think that his his <laughs> joke about integrating some of his father's actual personalities as he's going for the bottle of whiskey and this yep. is really funny and, yep. and and sad and dark in a way that this is also while it's very sweet and, and I understand the appeal of nostalgia, sometimes it it's bad. And you, yeah. you cannot grow and evolve as a person without letting some of that stuff go sometimes. You yeah. you will default to how you felt in that moment because memory can be a very powerful thing and, and draw you back into a psychological state that's not necessarily good for you. And whether it be good memories or bad, you know. There's a great... Uh, you haven't watched much Mad Men
0: either, have you? No, but the the... Uh, carousel. The carousel scene. Yeah, you showed that to I've me. I've probably
1: showed that to you so many times because <laughs> it's breathtaking. Yeah. It's the best part of that season. It's probably my favorite scene in Mad Men yeah. in its entirety because it's so good and it's so true. That's a universal truth everybody feels that way about totally. it at some point. And I think that that scene uh, I had in my notes something to the effect of like when does something like kind of nice and sweet and nostalgic become creepy and like kind of <laughs> obsessive? And yeah. by the and and I, that whole scene I was enjoying it and I was like I understand I would do the same thing if I had those if I had that thing of my family. But yeah. then at the end of the scene I was like it got weird when he was like tell me about your day and that kind of thing. I was like okay. You're not just looking at them like they're figurines in a museum anymore. You're you're, you're actually trying to like he's almost acting like a father. I don't know well
0: and see I don't necessarily know that because I think there's a component of him. I don't know that it's necessarily he looks back that fondly on these people in his life he says that that's his only happy memory um and part of me wonders if he's keeping it there because it's his family or if he's keeping it there because arnold made it for him i think that's also a part of it you know
1: the nostalgia is 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 double even like triple edged in a way that it it reminds him of his family it reminds him of of better times and maybe simpler times in general just being a kid like he he clearly has an affection for his brother yeah And it also reminds him of Arnold and back when things were good between him and Arnold or so we presume, you know, there was, there was a respect, there was a partnership, kind of a brotherhood between them. And these, these things are representative of that. And also they're just better designed. Like when he calls him over and and opens up his head and he, and Bernard is really into it. He's like, wow, check that out. And he's like, they, what they gained in, in realism, they lost in grace or something to that effect. And I was like, ah, that's so good. (laughs) Which,
0: and, and, is, which, which echoes the Man in Black's comment Yeah, as well.
1: and language like that just rolls out of Anthony Hopkins' mouth like, like, like we breathe air. It's so It was so effortless and just beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um, the one other thing that I wanted to say about that is that we see that there are people that are mechanical hosts that do not function and move the way that old bill does so i think it's confirming my theory that old bill just hasn't been maintained
1: well he does say that too because bernard says that why are they so good yes. he's like i maintain them myself yeah
0: so i think i think that was a good thing to learn out of here too. definitely yeah um, so we
1: could we could potentially get a nice a nice smooth silky old bill in the future but potentially i kind of like him the way he is
0: <laughs> um one other big thing about that scene bernard asks ford's father if he's arnold yes that man is, is the Arnold. man that yes. we see in the photo yep. that Ford posits is Arnold, a picture of him with his with his partner. Yep. I I don't know if I want to save this for speculation station or not. Do you think we should talk about it? I mean, after I guess we can just very quickly be like I after looking at that photo again, it seems like there's very clearly a space there for Arnold to be painted in later on in the season. Do you get what I'm saying? It's framed in a way that there are three people in that picture. I see where you're and saying, and one of them is not shown when Bernard looks at the photo.
1: We do see the photo, though, right? And you see that there's not another man there, but the way that they're spaced suggests that there could have been. Or
0: y- yeah, I mean, it, it 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 seems like it 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 can well, either well, be a very j- artsy, nice-looking shot, or it could be that there is a third man. I see next to next Ford's to- father in the sense of like. I could see it as it's oh these two guys together, and this is one of their creations kind of thing.
1: I was wondering if that was his actual father, like visiting the park or something. But I, I th- he's wearing the exact same wardrobe, so yep. it's probably it's probably it's th- probably the host the version host. of him. Yeah, uh, and just to echo what you said last week, uh, which I think was something Joanna Robinson said, maybe not, maybe it was something you said that, that maybe Bernard is conditioned in a way, if Bernard is Arnold, that he can't see himself in the photo. Or like like the original suggestion was that he would see that man instead. Yeah. And maybe now he just, it's almost like a 3D glasses and taking just one of the lenses, like he can't see the the rest of the photo, which could be him. Yeah, I don't know. It's really cool though, but as soon as that guy... As soon as his father walked outside to grab like the firewood, I was like, "Oh shit, it's Arnold!" Like, (laughs) almost said it out loud. (laughs) And then uh, he, when he asks in that, I remember seeing somebody on Twitter. I'm sorry, I can't give credit to whoever it was, but they said everyone. They said Bernard, when he asks, "Are you Arnold?" He's like the entire audience. He's he's asking for all of the collective viewership. (laughs) That are you Arnold? Because we all want to know. Yeah, that was great. There were there was a lot of there were uh, numerous scenes in this episode that were very tense, very intense, and this was one of them when. When his dad uh, started advancing on on Bernard and was going to kill him. And then Ford's just there. I was like, whew, thank God.
0: Yeah. Other things that I did not fully research, so we will not talk about them if there's a speculation station. Some people are positing things like Ford is actually Arnold and Ford younger like Ford and his brother. Like maybe his brother was Arnold or and that's why Arnold grows up to look like their father. Mm. and all kinds of crazy stuff like that so go and check that out it's all over reddit if you want to look into that kind of stuff yeah there's but definitely something there's something fishy going I on i mean obviously there is <laughs> yeah
1: but there it's 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 definitely more complex than arnold died yes yeah there's some sort of cover-up yeah factor and we already kind of know that but anyway uh i love ford yep even if he's a bad guy and totally. even if he's uh he's he's wonderful
0: uh, the final thing in, in the Ford storyline with uh, the younger version of himself killing Jack, we, we do realize that uh, young Ford confesses that he's hearing a voice and he calls him Arnold. And Arnold told him to kill the dog because the dog is killing things.
1: Yes. And because it would make put the dog in a better place? Uh, he might.
0: says put the dog in his, out of his misery. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. very 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 spooky yes dark stuff absolutely um so then we've got a uh any other thoughts on ford
1: he's probably the character that i'm most interested to see where he winds up he's probably the person whose struggle i'm also most interested in because Mm -hmm. part of part of the reason is because he's the he's the founder of the park but also He's been around so long. He's clearly got so much history, and i I feel like he's simultaneously got the most and the least to lose. Yeah. And I really want to know what he's up to. Yeah. Like he's any scene with Ford, like I said before, almost immediately becomes my favorite because I just like to see what he's doing and and uh, where he's going.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, then we can move on to the. Uh, we can move on to um, Mave. I think I, I want to go to Mave next. Uh, Maeve. We get a ba- a day begins for her. We get a piano song, which is flake, uh, "Fake Plastic Trees" by Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, she essentially wakes up, in her day gets killed. Wakes up in the uh, in the body shop and starts to woo Felix and eventually Sylvester. And she convinces. Not only does she get a tour of the facilities, but then she also convinces them to start messing with her personality. Um, big points to hit. Uh, her tour was pretty breathtaking. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting sequence, also set to motion picture soundtrack by Radiohead. Yep. Um, a lot of Radiohead going on in this. Show. Yeah, a whole lot of Radiohead, which is cool. Yeah.
1: I think Maeve. Maeve was a character I didn't count on being as invested in as I am early on
0: yeah um i think the madam of the of the brothel isn't necessarily like uh somebody that i would feel like would be someone that i would necessarily invest in
1: well i don't think it's that so much as just she wasn't given the screen time necessarily until relatively recently to kind of help me understand that she was a
0: it felt like we were getting somewhere with her but now it feels like we're hitting that
1: I was I was more intrigued into what her previous story was, and it seems yes. like it's not gonna matter. It really, ultimately, it doesn't matter because it never happened. It's it's an old build, so yeah. there's there's old bill, old build. <laughs> there's no there's no reason to care.
0: I find it interesting. It was only a year ago, though. Yeah. So essentially, she may very well be around in the older timeline, just not <coughs> yeah in, in that previous build. So it could end up being important.
1: It could be. I mean, I guess the nature, the nature of what what happened doesn't really matter. Yeah. It seems like she played the part of like a pioneer, wife, mother, and they were killed by natives.
0: Yeah, it was a storyline that allowed the player to save her from the natives.
1: Right, and clearly, the man in black showed up at some point over a year ago. Yeah, to cut her head off and look for a map. <laughs> so, yeah. she's been around. Yeah. I thought the tour was very, very good. I think walk, walking by the chop shop was super gross and kind of a bummer. Uh, watching, <laughs> the whole thing was funny because I I assume that Westworld is monitored very closely in all regards. And yeah. yet she's clearly just like walking around. like Waltzing through the hallway. Looking around, yeah, turning her head to actually <laughs> look. And she's looking with, with, with emotion. Yeah. She's not just staring. She's looking. And she's seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it really seemed very obvious and you could tell Felix is just like in a panic the whole yeah, time. He's like
0: I am gonna get fired any yes. minute now. Yeah. No. It was uh, a great it was a great sequence. Um, watching
1: watching someone come to terms with their their real reality, their creation and, and their their existence is it's pretty staggering. And I yeah. think that we're getting like you and I had kind of said earlier, this is the this is where we wanted the show to wind up. Actually my note for this whole bit just said, Mave and Felix, we've arrived because yep. I thought we're finally where we are. Where I wanted to be, absolutely. These are the waters I wanted to be kind of playing in, and the, the like you like you said the exact line of like, how do you know? Yep, was amazing, and I was like, yeah, how does he know? And he's like, I know because yeah, he, like, is Felix that dumb where he can just say, I know because I was born? Like, didn't.
0: I think I think be, uh, that's the interesting thing to me. He says, I was born, you were made. It feels very cut and dry to Felix, but I he he doesn't have that perception. To understand that that's how she feels. Sure. You know, like she, does she just not think about the fact that she wasn't born? Like, you know, like what does she, how does she feel about that? Is that even programmed into them? I think is a very interesting uh, idea. No, it's true. But um, he said it takes
1: a thousand thousands of hours to build your personalities or something like that.
0: I can't remember. I wasn't
1: something to that effect. Cause I did wonder how deep does it go? You know, she has this whole, she keeps saying she was from New Orleans and that sort of thing. Yeah. She's been there for 10 years. That's the most we've ever heard, though. Where does she think she was born and that sort of thing. Does yeah. she have entire memories.
0: Yeah of, yeah, of her childhood and things like that. Um, the, one of the other things that we get to see is he pulls up her dialogue tree as she's moving through it. And it causes like a recursive loop where she just has a critical failure. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. It was really cool. <laughs> Getting to see, pulling back that curtain a little bit more on their programming and, and seeing those words making connections. And this is where improvisation comes in. I thought it was just a really interesting <laughs> logic map that uh, that I really enjoyed. Um. <laughs> yeah, any, any other thoughts on kind of that humanizing? The, I guess the only other thing I was going to say about their... Uh, their tour through the uh okay there's two things i want to comment on this episode's getting a lot of crap because people don't think felix and sylvester would be that stupid or it feels very silly that they're just indulging in maeve's whims what do you how do you feel about that have you seen any of that Have you thought about it? I did see
1: a little bit of that, and I just kind of disregarded it because (laughs) I think there's a lot of evidence for intelligent people on this show to make poor decisions, and largely in the name of science. Like we've seen in the scenes between Bernard and Dolores, that he says we're going to let I'm going to let this play out and see what happens, even though it's probably a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And Elsie and Bernard separately go to the park. By themselves, and it's clearly a bad idea. And we, (laughs) as the viewer, are like, "Are you this desensitized to
0: this whole environment where this doesn't freak you out?" Somebody brought up the good point that they they're in a park that they don't believe anything can harm them. You know, they don't think they can die. We, as viewers, do. We're like, "Don't go to that theater alone, Elsie." What the? What are you thinking? Well, the thing is, they know.
1: They know they they may believe they can't die, but they know they can be hurt. Yeah, and that like. Granted, she and Bernard know the language. They they know they can... There are com- endless commands that they know that they can just spout off and make the thing stop or whatever. But, but we we even
0: see Bernard's voice commands don't work on the older models. And
1: that, and that's... Well, they don't work on those models. Yeah. I think they may work on older models. But yeah, it's yeah. true. That was probably a bit of a reality check for him. And I think that's part of what spooks him into action against Ford later yeah. in the episode is that he realizes, like, I, I don't have the control that I thought I did here. Or we we collectively do not have... You know, there are no there are no checks and balances against some of the shit that Ford is up to in here. Yeah, and that's scary. The. I think I think part of it is that curiosity. But also they know that she's better than them. And Felix has that line, which I thought was so important, where he's like talks about their processor and he's like, it is it is better than us. it is beyond us. Yeah. And the only thing that keeps you in check is that we control, we control you. you. That is such a horrifying prospect <laughs> because we don't know physically what they're capable of. You know, they could be as strong as ten men. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. And she could, eat, she could potentially—I don't know. She might be able to just dismember both of them, and we don't know. Well, and so I think that you know, as, as a viewer, you might watch this and see like, oh, two men should be able to o- be able to overpower her. Maybe not, though. Maybe they're super strong, or maybe they have the ability to become super strong if they're if the right sliders are dialed up. We don't yeah. really know. I do think obviously it's a bad decision. He should just take all the dials and just turn them all to zero and be like, okay.
0: See, and then the other the other thing about it that makes me that that helps me dismiss everybody else's concerns about things being silly is that Mave is designed to play on your she is desires. And they
1: know that. That's the thing though.
0: They they know it but they <laughs> but they get they still get wrapped up in it when it's when they're interacting with it.
1: It's true. And but, and, the, and the the casting of of Tandy Newton is so wonderful for that because she has that allure. She's yep. she's got that that it factor that makes you want to listen to her. She's got the voice. She's got the face. The, she's just. She's uh, got a very
0: like her face has a very. It's very innocent to me when I look at it in a lot of ways. Even though Ma- I think Maeve starts pushing into some dark territory, she there that. I think there are moments when she turns on that charm that make me look at her like she's a like a lost puppy or something.
1: Yeah, like that. she's very in a way kind of cat-like, where she can shift from like predatory to like innocent and playful. Yes, and you kind of get enticed by it. Yeah, uh, I do agree. I mean, they they obviously work for this company; they should know better. They, but they don't. It's fine. Yeah. She, and she and it's a it's a happenstance. This she's is. got the two guys that she can convince into. And she she threatens uh, Sylvester yep. and that seems to work on him. You know, they, they each have their things that they are and she knows Felix is curious. He want, he aspires to something bigger. Hell yeah. He's going to want to see what happens. Yeah. They probably, st- and also, you know, the same way that Elsie and them think that they're safe in the park. These guys probably think ultimately, oh, there's probably some kind of fail safe. They can just hit a switch. And yeah. Kill her if yeah. they need to.
0: Yeah. Uh it's um, just a, a chain of bad decisions. So the, uh, we did get a moment where she sees, uh, Maeve sees going going back a little bit. She sees a trailer for the park. Uh and and sees that past part of herself and that's when she asks the questions about her previous build. Uh I felt weird about that trailer. Just in that it felt like an extremely meta textual we were watching sh- shots of the show built like a trailer. And that was that was the one point of of pure design that I didn't enjoy about the show is that I felt as though it was a, let's grab some put it footage and put it together and make a trailer for the show that we can, a trailer for the park that we can put in the show. And I felt like I wanted them to be like, no, we need to like figure out what these people would do to make an actual trailer for the show. Did that bother you at all? It's a very small moment. It's largely unimportant. But I see it, was what a, it was a little bit of world building breaking for me.
1: I see what you're saying by taking the exact shots. It makes us wonder, well, how did those originate? How yeah. does how does Mave and maybe they maybe they just extracted them from the hosts after the fact. Like maybe they let these these dreams, quote unquote, like happen organically and say, Oh, we like the way that looked. Like let's pull that for the
0: See, but that's that her remembering those dreams, that shouldn't be happening. That's her right. calling on old programming. So it's not like they would pull that out of them. Well, you I know? mean
1: they might pull I'm just suggesting maybe they pulled the the image that she generates in her mind. And maybe not. I mean obviously like dreams are visual as well yeah and maybe there's some some of that is stored for her like that's how she recalls the the moments and the experience but yeah i i see what you're saying it did feel like it felt like a borrowed borrowed footage that they were like oh we need this yeah it was interesting that the woman uh the woman that was that kind of guided william into the world yeah was was the one present i was like oh there she is yeah yeah did you read the twitter exchange between her and uh elon musk yeah, because that's his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, super funny. <laughs> it's it pretty good.
0: good. Um, and then one other thing that I wanted to note that was really beautiful about the tour that I forgot to say: the watching the blood enter the host mm-hmm. and seeing the color fill into them. Yep. I thought that was a very, very interesting and cool visual.
1: That was very eerie because I've uh, we haven't talked about the title sequence to the show very much. We talked about it in the pilot, in our first episode, based around the show's first episode, and. We haven't really gone back to it yeah and i think that 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 was always something in the in the title sequence that always really stood out to me was these these frames of kind of hollow people as they're being like dipped in into wax and that sort of thing yeah And there's a lot going on in that title sequence i think is really cool and each week i watch the full titles because i'm waiting to find i'm waiting for something in there to click and make <laughs> sense in a way that it didn't previously yeah and i did hear uh oh man i'm totally blanking on the name now and it really sucks there was one nugget of of goodness I got out of another another show that I was listening to, where they were talking about the opening in the titles, the shots of the horse being a, a callback, an homage to um, man. I remember his name, and now I'm totally blanking on it. But anyway the the famously the man who made a bet with another man that all that all of a horse's hooves leave the ground at some point while they're running. There was a bet that the horse always has one foot on the ground. Yeah and uh, the other guy said no all four of them leave the ground at some point and this led to the development of the movie camera because they set up a camera to capture running footage there's the, there's the famous gif you can see it on wikipedia yeah. and all over the internet of the horse running that was one of the original like kind of images captured and I, I'm totally blanking on this. it's so embarrassing I can't remember it the name of the guy who kind of founded this but it's a very iconic image and that the way that that shot is framed in the opening titles in the wide shot of the horse Edward Moybridge. Moybridge. there you go Yep, that's the guy. The way that the shot is framed in the opening titles is almost that's, a direct yeah. carbon copy of the horse's posture in that shot. That's beautiful. And I keep wa- yeah, and it ties in this larger theme of kind of the advancement of technology and uh they they went on to do a whole thing about it. I forgot which show it was on, but it was since I've been talking shit about all the shows, I probably shouldn't even mention it anyway. <laughs> but they it's a it's a great it's a great uh poll to mention that. And I've I've been wondering who is the woman on the horse. I keep saying yeah. like is that person going to come? Is it, is it, uh, uh, what's her name? That with a snake tattoo? Like, oh, armistice. Armistice. It keeps reminding me of her, but I'm, she looks to
0: me when I see that half of her face, she always looks a lot like Jennifer Morrison to me.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Which I, you know. I uh,
1: It's probably but nobody. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. interesting. And I yeah. keep, uh, I'm just pointing out that I keep poking around in the title sequence for something to pop out and, and stand out of me in a way that it didn't before. Yeah. And I think uh, it's such a cool title sequence anyway. But th- totally. th- that, that image of that person being dipped into that wax is so suffocating and, and it although it should symbolize the final stage essentially towards creation, it like feels like drowning. Yeah. And it really freaks me out. It's yeah. really awesome. It reminds me of the titles of Hannibal. She, I've never seen them. Oh, they're so unnerving. Yeah. It's really it's a super brief title sequence. It's like 15 seconds, maybe maybe 30 seconds, but it bothers me so much and it's great. I can't not watch it. Yeah. But anyway, you'll get there eventually. We'll watch that show.
0: All right. And then one last thing with Maeve real quick. Uh, we did get a look at the 20 point uh scale for their personalities with such features as humor charm sensuality courage tenacity empathy loyalty aggression aggression curiosity imagination decisiveness patience self-preservation cruelty humility meekness coordination vivacity candor and bulk apperception uh bulk apperception the the definition of apperception here from uh google i don't know what their source was the mental process by which a person makes sense of an idea by assimilating it into the body of ideas he or she already possesses so that's the thing that they only cap at 14 for all the hosts she had the highest she was at 14 but she kicked it all the way up to 20 and then we get that awesome music swell that sounds like a level up in skyrim I was I, like as soon as I heard that I was like oh my god this is like opening a chest in Zelda or something. It was Maeve. Yeah. It was Maeve a, has gone god mode. Yes. Much. Maeve leveled up. Mave leveled up. Um, very interested to see where that goes.
1: I'm scared to see where that goes.
0: Yes. I'm the the title of this episode is Ad, The Adversary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just was thinking about this as we were talking. I feel like we're heading to a point where we have Dolores on one hand and I think Maeve on the other mm. where Maeve is the adversary and Dolores is the hero maybe everybody ruminate on that? That's interesting
1: uh, It, I guess in a way it kind of comes down to how do you feel about the hosts Should they are they being treated poorly or are they just fulfilling their function and we or humanizing it because that's what we do. See, but I'm
0: thinking along the lines of like, this is almost a, I feel like we're heading towards a conflict or the overall overarching here is the, these things gain sentience and Dolores might be the one that is like, we need to keep the humans around. And Maeve is the one who's like, these are our subjects. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I think we, we could be getting there. I don't that's know. It's
1: interesting and in that you may have just explained what season two is going to be about.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that could be a larger theme of of things. Kind it of. does
1: feel kind of like we're going for a Terminator sort of vibe with yeah. Maeve where she's going to be like the machines. Skynet's like, we don't need the humans. They mess things up. Yep. Nuke
0: them. Yep. Uh, all right. So that's it for Maeve, I believe.
1: Not for now, for long. Yeah, not just, for long.
0: Just for now. Not for now. <laughs> so. On to the final grouping that I put together of Bernard, Cullen, and Elsie, which is a lot of people all at once. Uh, Basically, we get uh, Bernard and Elsie investigating the stray. They find out that uh, they can try and figure out what satellite was trying to be contacted if they get geolocation data, which Bernard finds in the basement. Um, They end up discovering that it's being transmitted to a Delos satellite by Cullen herself, but then also that she's using the bicameral mind broadcasts, broadcasting relays to u- to utilize the stray. And there's also somebody else by the name of Arnold coding those as well for other hosts. Um, and then Elsie also gets captured, which is not good. Uh, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, so.
1: Again, my character going Arnold <laughs> and all of us going Arnold. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so what did you think about kind of that, uh, that Els- Elsie's kind of falling down this rabbit hole. She seems like the forward momentum here in terms of like figuring out this corporate espionage. Is it really espionage? Like, I guess that's my main question for the thing is like if Colin is broadcasting it to one of their own satellites, I guess we don't know who that satellite is tasked to, but it doesn't seem like that's smart.
1: <laughs> smart on Colin's part?
0: Yeah, to be using Delos thing unless she's unless she's like communicating it to somebody else in Delos or like what that deal is.
1: Elsie <sighs> has an agenda now.
0: Elsie, yeah, yeah, she's LC, yeah, she's, she's gained her agenda mm-hmm. now that everybody else has one. She's got one too. That's good.
1: I think Cullen, Cullen feels like she's she's prepping for an overthrow of Ford. Yeah. And whether or not she is feeding data out to help support that, feeding data to the board or something like that. It's, well, it feels like the board would deserve to know what's
0: going yeah, on. Yeah, I feel no like what. the board would have those eyes on things. Maybe not. I don't
1: really know. I, I guess I, I haven't really thought about it too yeah. much. Yeah, we can... It's interesting that it's Cullen. Cullen doesn't seem to leave... Often enough, or to have the tech expertise to be able to set all that up. Yes, I believe yeah. Cullen has a partner.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe she's a red herring. Hmm. Yeah, may, maybe maybe somebody's framing Cullen. Maybe so. Yeah, I could, I potentially think that Cullen could be used as as a as a cover. Like maybe she's being framed. That's
1: that's probably very likely. Yeah, I think the show is is definitely not above like pointing a finger and. Seeing how much of the audience go, yup, she's up to no good because Cullen has Cullen has been very kind of icy and kind of aloof, and I think she's also kind of we we at this point, I think it's safe to say most of the audience really likes Bernard. We're very sympathetic towards him, yeah. And by Cullen kind of dropping him like a bad habit, mm-hmm. where where it kind of puts her in this unfair position for the audience to kind of be like, oh, she's a bitch. Like she's there's obviously she's up to no good. Yeah, when she's probably just doing her job. Yeah, she could she could totally be a patsy. I don't really know yeah well, like i I think this if she is involved, I think she has somebody helping her because I don't think she's capable of handling that level of technical intricacy to get into the park and I have a theory on who that is or who I think that is, but we can talk about that later okay
0: um all right, so then I think we move on to colin uh has a meeting with one of the chinese investors they I think some people have tried to translate the dialogue and have heard it something as um in terms of, they say Charlotte Hale is on her way, and that she, uh, we expect her arrival will mean there are no more delays. I think is is the very general paraphrase of of the Chinese that is spoken in that in that sequence. But essentially, that triggers uh, th- uh triggers Cullen to go and talk to Sizemore. Sizemore is getting drunk by the pool because he got shot down very royally by uh, Ford, and um, we see him interact with this i i I, uh the name of of that part of my notes was uh acquires a target at the pool (laughs) (laughs) he sulks up to this new woman and and starts chatting her up and everything and then cullen's message from the bartender uh deflates his balloon that was funny very very well and then he ends up peeing on the on the command center table and we find out that the woman he was chatting up is Charlotte Hale, who is a representative, representative from the board of directors that will be overseeing changes in the, in the administration of the park. So, And that's Charlotte is played by Tessa Thompson of Creed fame and soon to be Ro- uh, Thor Ragnarok fame, by the way. But Oh, great. Yes. So this is not the person that Ford said is already
1: there. Or is it I think it could be Cullen said they the board is sending somebody to keep an eye on things, and Ford said they're I think here. she's
0: already here, I think they're already here, yeah, ye- I think it could be her, I think it could be her the the Chinese translation is obviously rough, so it could be that oh she's maybe maybe they're saying she is there. we expect that her being there means there are no more delays uh, could something be. of the, something of that sort, so that could be who who was being referred to,
1: okay, that would make sense, yeah. That was one of the big things last week that made us say, "Whoop." And then we're like, "Well, we don't know." Yeah. Let's not that quick. might have been 2
0: weeks ago. I think that was in dissonance theory, actually, not in counterpoint. Maybe it was. But You're right. Uh, yeah. It was in the
1: article that that Gordon sent us. Yeah.
0: Hi, Gordon. The
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, I almost Seems It's good. clever because I I she's kind of unwelcome to me, and that's clever. That whether it's by design, I I'm I don't want any more characters yeah. in the show to worry about, and a corporate stooge is never a character, a bond company <laughs> stooge is never someone that you want introduced. Yeah. So it's it's funny that the show has kind of put her in this position where I I'm just like, Ugh, I I would rather not deal with you, and yeah. that's pretty much exactly probably how she's supposed to be received, other than like, oh here's a here's a beautiful woman, and we're kind of like, yeah. Well,
0: that's the thing. I you, when you see her at the pool, you don't expect her to be of any real consequence to the operation of the park. She seems like a guest or something like that. There but, w- there was definitely
1: more to her because yeah. she wasn't immediately like, oh, you're somebody important and you can get me free alcohol. Like, hi, yeah. how are you? And th- I would be suspect of anybody who's able to hang out on, up on that level because, uh, Elsie makes the joke about She wants to, to, she to wants get free. up on the, the Mesa, the Mesa pool or so, the Mesa no, bar. She, she wants,
0: she wants free, uh, she, she wants access free access to the Mesa bar. Is to the Mesa bar,
1: says. yeah. So clearly that level is reserved but for important people or the, rich people.
0: The ARG of Westworld has revealed that that Mesa suite, you essentially are required to book a stay at the suite equal in length to the amount of time you spend in the park for decompression, quote-unquote. Hmm. So any visitor to the park goes to that. Resort.
1: Ah. Okay. To kind of reacclimate to only being around people and that sort of thing. Yes. That is really cool. I didn't know that. Yes.
0: So that's a little detail that people have fished out of the, the all the other information that's on visitwestworld.com. So that's where that they is.
1: stick Sizemore to just chill out.
0: Siz- well Sizemore's on a leave of absence right. of some kind. He's basically He's he's on sick leave is what And they don't have anywhere else to put him
1: other than just like go sit by the pool and have some I don't think it's that
0: they put him there it's that he's like oh I'm not going into work if you don't want to use any of my stuff and then he just gets drunk by the pool the whole time Mm. is what I kind of took it as but I'm interested to see what uh, what Charlotte Hale the board director or board board of directors visitor person what she ends up meaning for the part yeah
1: the bud court of this particular yes
0: Adventure. Life Aquatic. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Sizemore and Cullen and, and that whole...
1: I had read uh, somebody tweeted saying, what a missed opportunity for a Sizemore joke when he's sitting there with his dick hanging out of his pants. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Uh, it, it I think if an employee did something like that at any real life company, they would probably be let go. And it's funny because I have yet to really get the impression that Sizemore is that vital to the operation of this place where yeah. he's allowed to pee on the operations room table and then like not suffer. In, in front of a
0: board member. Essentially, right. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I, when that all happened, I was like, well, he's fired Like when he turned yeah. around and Colin was there. And then they're like, oh, no, here's this person. But um, I was kind of like...
0: Mm. However, Cullen seems very intent on getting him
1: in there. She seems intent on keeping him around, yeah, and, and kind of teasing him with the prospect of maybe taking over for Ford, for Ford. one day.
0: But but the the weird thing about it is, is that she's very reliant on him being the one to fix the holes that Ford is creating.
1: So may, maybe Sizemore is some creative, maybe he is a creative genius who can somehow sit down, close his eyes, and manage 200 different storylines at once. I maybe think, that's a particular skill set that most people don't have, is the ability to be kind of the lore master, so to speak.
0: And maybe the board's shaken faith in Ford means that maybe... Cullen realizes that Sizemore is the one that can get them on board for his for for like like maybe he's the one that can do that work to bring it. He he's the one he made the statement to her about we don't want them to be realistic. We want these people to know that they're on vacation and they're not you know having sex with another person and killing real people blah 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 maybe she knows she's connected the dots that the board's thinking is in line with si- like sizemore and maybe they train.
1: maybe they ate up his his storyline what was it called like adventures on the rio grande or uh, something like had some name odyssey like on the red river i yeah, believe there you go yeah <laughs> this is a this is a this is a trait that runs on my mom's side of the family the ability to take a title totally screw it up and yet it's kind of close enough to the original <laughs> it's really it's actually really funny but it's another story for
0: well i think i read something previously that if you look at some of the people that ford has with him in that field when or on the construction site mm-hmm. the people that he's using to build things and do stuff are actually some of the natives that were their hosts their hosts but yeah. they're the natives from the storyline that oh that's Seismar funny created. he just recycled them yes like, uh, well this is what you guys are good for we did yeah labor. that's true
1: we didn't uh we didn't i didn't get a chance to say that it's interesting that he stopped the mexican town from being destroyed clearly yeah. that area has some significance to ford yes. he didn't want it to be bulldozed he just said we'll stop it here yeah anyway that's yeah that. i just wanted to get that in there uh yeah Sizemore. i don't understand why he's so important he's clearly a dickhead and he seems to have a really bloated sense of self importance, which maybe makes him easy to control. Maybe he's easy for Cullen to manipulate.
0: Yeah.
1: But he everyone just always dismisses him. Even Cullen kind of treats him like an idiot when he wrote this whole amazing speech for uh Hector and then yep. he just gets shot in the head and she kinda looks at him like, well numb skull. <laughs> yeah. Like no one seems to take him seriously, so I wonder why they're keeping him around. Why don't they just say, hey, there's another there's another guy just like you with a with a million ideas. There must be something special about him yeah. that, that we have yet to really witness. I know that to kind of rein it back into video game land, I know that companies like Bethesda, who make Skyrim and Fallout and that, they actually have lore masters that, that work for them that yeah.
0: know everything. Search for conflicts and make sure that everything is is yeah because those consistent. games
1: those games are so dense with texts. Yep. Uh, for Gojo's birthday this year, I bought him. They make these uh, hardcover Skyrim books yeah and there's three of them out so far the first one is just called the histories the second one is about like the the, the biological life in the world and the third is like about the arcane stuff yeah. but anyway the histories one is like a ton of written down actual text forms of a lot of the books that are in game yeah and gojo would be the lore master in this particular sense because he has read i think most books he's come across in the elder scrolls game he's actually he doesn't read in real life but he'll sit down <laughs> and read on screen like why like read these books and read these pages and it's amazing to me i've never read anything in those games i think it's really awesome that it exists and yeah. i like I, I laugh at some of the titles and i'll occasionally i'd scan a page or two but then that's about as far as i would get but it's funny that, that that level of detail does exist in real life and there are people that work for these companies and they know all that shit and they, mm-hmm. they can say like oh there's an inconsistency or they have to write that someone's got to write it yeah and so maybe
0: Sizemore just has
1: that Abilities. He's got that high
0: level view of Maybe everything. he Maybe he is a great writer yeah. We
1: don't really know he's had a couple of things Not go his way mm-hmm. maybe he's just kind of A doofus but he maybe he is very talented He's a good writer he has a skill For weaving all these stories together I don't know He's got to have some value yeah I just don't know what it is right Yeah now. I, don't, I was happy I don't to think not seen him for a few Episodes
0: him. yeah Um yeah so I don't think there's a whole lot else that we Should really focus on too much Other than some of the stuff that Elsie kind of realizes is that arnold is uh the the username arnold is retasking hosts and older models and changing or breaking loops allowing them to lie or hurt people um that ability to lie is something that i think we've seen in dolores obviously and yeah. in, in, in the previous episode where she's talking to herself we saw uh, a we saw young ford with yeah. the killing of the dog so and maybe some other hosts we haven't we even, even known know. they've been lying yeah, yeah. So that's very interesting implications terrifying for, yes. prospect. Yes. And uh and Elsie yeah, Elsie gets whisked away by somebody. But yeah,
1: a bunch of people were tweeting like oh Elsie's dead and I was like she's not dead. I mean, if she's dead yeah. that's dumb. Yeah, she might be, really be stupid. But
0: I've heard other theories that maybe it's Ashley sneaking up on her and he's potentially on the case too. Or I think I think
1: that that's Stubbs. Yeah. And I I think either one of two things is going on. He is also, like you said, he's kind of on the case, or he is Cullen's, Cullen's right hand. He's man. the he's the one going out in the field and making these changes because they work in the same department. They probably have a rapport, a respect, uh, and he seems he seems to be more technically apt than. He lets on somewhat, yeah, yeah, and it made me wonder if his and more
0: intelligent with his whole Orion. Well, thing I think the
1: Orion thing might have been a misdirect. Maybe he was trying to get her to just not look into it anymore. Maybe just say like, "Oh, it's Orion, duh," and she's like, "Okay, yeah." Like, he wanted
0: to look at the stars.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe hoping that it would throw her off the scent.
0: Very true. Very true. Stubbs, good old Stubbs. I
1: dig Stubbs. I want to. I, I'm excited to see more of him. Me he wasn't. Too. He wasn't in most of the episodes. I mean he popped up at the end, which is also kind of mysterious. I'm like, where's yeah. he? Where's he running around all the time? Clearly, he's kind of the. He's kind of the Muldoon, like we've said before, like if we're going to compare it to Jurassic Park, he's kind of out there. He seems to know the lay of the land. He can handle himself. He seems technical enough. He has an understanding of how these things work. He's done interrogations. Yeah. He's clearly a more well-rounded guy than than has been depicted so far. Yeah. He's
0: he's not just a blunt instrument that... You're right. He's like not like just a hemsworth. quote-unquote head of security yeah. we, would, we would think of. But yeah, I think that's most of it uh longer episode today everybody you guys wrote in a lot and i don't want to discourage anybody from writing to us so i wanted to make sure that we brought up your thoughts yeah, on so that. right shorter emails <laughs> yeah give me the bullet points <laughs> no if you could highlight the email for me please do i mean
1: we we obviously wish we could just have conversations and and alex is really good about being on the twitter yeah the twitter the twitters i am also on the twitter but yes. not on the westworld twitter but you can find my username in there because yeah uh, I've tweeted a couple things and Yeah.
0: And uh, and I, I really want to know if you guys liked the new format here. I think it's interesting. I wanted to try and shift to more discussion and less recap, and I think we did. Yes. But I, I was know not
1: I was not sold on it when you pitched it to me a yeah. little while ago, but I, I think I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, so I, I and I don't know if that's what the listeners want or not. So please let us know by writing into Westworldfm at gmail.com or tweeting at us at westworldfm uh those are two places that you can reach us um but you can find more of our episodes on our podcast westworld.fm we're also on itunes stitcher radio google play music Sanchel player all kinds of places uh if we're not on a place you want us to be let me know and we'll put it there uh and then please tell us what you think of our show share your thoughts on hbo's westworld so we can read them on our show send us corrections observations or anything regarding westworld or our podcast uh nick just slammed on the table what did you just think of that you wanted to talk about
1: we didn't get to talk about bernard going in the basement and how awesome that scene was i love that yeah it was very moody it was very
0: creepy the music
1: was amazing i was really thoroughly freaked out i like the idea that they just build the facility up and just leave it and don't clean it out they just let it sit there yeah it's all just there
0: yeah but it is like cordoned off he does have to give like he has clearance to be down there right which is interesting uh the the for those of you that haven't watched the movie, there's a certain shot that you'll see on Reddit and stuff like that, that there's an image uh or Bernard is coming across something in the background kind of blurred out. You see something that looks exactly like yul Brenner's character in the movie. The, the original 19, man in black. Yeah, the, the original man in black, the gunslinger. Uh he is it's very cool. There's a very distinct audio cue that you hear, which you should also look up if you haven't seen it or heard it rather. Um, just a very cool moment and I as, absolutely like you said the direction in that part of the episode felt very very cool it's and horror movie like and
1: the other tiny bullet points I have uh, the shot of Robert young Robert reflected in yes. front of old Robert was amazing yes i just wanted to point that out that was really cool uh, the big guy the great big dude that greets people when they get off the train and threatens them. he got lit up at the beginning of this episode somebody shot him down yes he did and I was like yes he yeah. finally did more than just run into somebody but I think that's cool like we've We've seen there was mention of this in another article or something I was reading. The idea that these hosts, even when there's no humans around, they're interacting. It's almost like they, if a tree falls in the wood kind of thing. Yeah. And finally, we saw like a payoff from that. He's usually just been running into people, and either they've been apologizing or or whatever. But somebody finally shot him down. And yeah. Do like, you think it was like?
0: Do you think a host killed him, or was it a was it a guest? I think it was probably a guest. Yeah.
1: Maybe not. Maybe black maybe not. had a guess. I nice. don't know. Yeah. The other thing uh, that I thought was really funny, people were, uh, I think I read this on Reddit and I didn't write down the username, but it was funny. Uh, people were talking about what was going to happen and whether Felix was going to turn turn Maeve off or what they, people were kind of predicting what Felix was going to do. And I yeah. just quoted somebody's comment. They said, nah, man, He's going to wake up all the robots and then run off and live happily ever after with Maeve and the bird. <laughs> and I thought that was really, really good.
0: Yeah. And I think somebody below them was like, no, Maeve is going to reprogram the bird so that Felix is its pet.
1: <laughs> I like the idea that uh, the bird is going to become a joke. Yeah. 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 And, and somebody else pointed out that Felix and Sylvester are both names of noteworthy uh, cats. cartoon, cartoon cats. cats. Yeah, Absolutely. It's kind of fun. Pretty good. I didn't mean to dump a lot of last few thoughts in there, but
0: no, that's all right. That's all right. I should I should have uh, I didn't leave breath for any final thoughts. The
1: big guy getting shot down was like I almost audibly was like yes, and I don't know why, but it was just it's funny because that that guy has been set up so many times that yeah. we've seen him run into people and then he finally just and nobody's wanted to shoot him yet. Yeah, and like in background, out of focus, he would just see me gunned down, and I was like, oh, there he goes, finally happened.
0: Yeah, very cool, very cool uh back to the outro the midwest podcast network has several other shows about video games horror movies and more check out all of our shows at midwestpodcastnetwork.com and that's it for our episode this week we're excited for the next episode and we'll have another episode of our podcast out after that but until then may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber